0: Hello, and welcome to the Scrum Podcast, where we talk about media and politics from Beacon Hill to the Beltway. I'm Peter Kadzis at the WGBH Studios in Brighton, and joining me from a studio in Richmond, Virginia, awfully close to the Beltway, is David Bernstein, the newly named top Massachusetts political journalist, so named by The Fix at The Washington Post.
1: Hey, David. How are you doing, Peter? I'm doing fine. Any snow down your way? (laughs) Um, Nothing really to speak of. I told you guys I would be there in Brighton in person uh, for this uh, scrum this week. Uh, I understand you guys got a little bit of snow up there. And the weather did not cooperate with my plans to get up uh, to Boston this week. Well, it's not cooperating for Adam Riley either. He's stuck
0: in the mess of traffic trying to come in today. But you and I, I will... So-
1: I, yeah, keep keep your eye out. We're, we're going to uh, see him waving from one of those duck boats in the parade while we're talking. <laughs> I, I have a feeling. Okay. Listen, now, for months you've been saying
0: that Politico should be looking for Speaker DeLeo to repeal legislative term limits. And now you've been proven correct. How long will dear leader – that's what uh, the the blue (laughs) Mass group has dubbed DeLeo, dear leader – how long will dear
1: leader stay on as speaker? A prediction. Well, that that depends on whether you think his primary motive is to rake in a higher pension uh, by – getting his leadership salary raised, which he wanted to do going into this year, but but was unsuccessful. So get it raised and then serve a couple of years at that higher level to increase his pension, and then he would get out? Or does he just want to stay there as long as he is enjoying it and as long as his members uh, want him there? Uh, that's going to be the difference between him staying four years versus Maybe 10 years, who knows? Yeah. You know, th- 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 this move, um, w- which frankly
0: disappoints me on DeLeo's part, I think it's part and parcel of Charlie Baker's election. I think this is really, really good news for Charlie Baker. It's speaker for Life, dear leader, otherwise known as Bob DeLeo, really, I think ideologically and temperamentally is probably much closer to Governor Baker than he was to Governor Patrick. You, you know, in a mythical world, I think they both favor, you know, a small, an independently owned business with less than 100 employees. Uh, they're, they're wary of taxation.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. I think that uh, Baker and DeLeo are pretty much simpatico on most of their goals, but the devil is always in the details, and it, it, we'll see how... DeLeo and the, uh, the house leadership reacts for instance to these uh new cuts to the ongoing budget uh, to fix the current budget gap that uh that Charlie Baker just sent. Uh there's a lot of you know little line items in there that are not going to go over very well with a lot of people. Um, you know DeLeo is going to is going to play nice and the end goals are generally simpatico but look, he's going to write his own. Uh, he, and, he and his people are going to write their own uh, versions of that, and Charlie's going to have to uh, accept an awful lot of what uh, of the details that DeLeo wants.
0: So, in other words, Charlie Baker is going to be
1: governor in name only.
0: That uh, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go quite that far. Yeah, you, you know, I I wonder how the breakdown of the MBTA is going to play on Beacon Hill. You know, I I was rather surprised at the governor's outrage. I mean, anyone in their right mind knows that the MBTA operates with equipment that's that's very, very old. And this snowstorm has really just shown... I think everyone um, that that the MBTA more or less more or less gets by on Locke a lot of the time.
1: And, and as you know, I, I, you know, I just wrote a piece that's up on a WGBH News website about that. I was a little uh, struck by Baker's reaction too. I think that that speaks more to that we're going to see Baker being very willing to criticize the way things have been done, so as to lay blame on. His predecessor uh, for for everything, Uh, you know, to make a clear demarcation that that things were not run properly before I got here, and now you know, judge me as I. Well, uh, I think you know
0: there's some truth to that because while Deval Patrick, you know, will go down in history as a great advocate of public transportation, he really messed up the politics of it. He he gave legislators you know next to no heads up. Um, when his new transportation plan was coming, and I think he, yeah, e- even though I can understand the, the the reasoning behind expanding the reach of the MBTA, I think that was a political overreach. I think they really should have focused almost ex- exclusively on infrastructure improvement and new equipment. But the the bloody-mindedness between the governor and the legislature on this is taking it out on
1: taxpayers
0: and commuters like me, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well well here here's the here's the problem and here's where I think that, that again Charlie Baker and uh, and Bob DeLeo are on the same page essentially and that is that that their base of power is people who are outside of the city of Boston who frankly don't care about the city of Boston in a, in a large degree. That that they look at Boston as as a vacuum, taking their tax money from places around the state for services that that they don't get. You know, but and, but doesn't and, the city of can, Boston contribute more in taxes? <laughs> I, uh, Tom Menino argued that for many years. I suspect that uh, Marty Walsh would make that argument when I he's done cheering argument. for the Patriots. But the truth of the matter is that you look at you know, the votes that he needs to be uh, speaker, and the you know who he needs to have uh, voting with him on things, and, and where his support is. You know, you add up the numbers; they're mostly from around the state and not from inside the city. And when you look at the votes that uh, that Charlie Baker got, sure, he got more support in the city of Boston than uh, other Republican governor candidates uh, have gotten in the past. But primarily uh, his support comes from, you know, Central Mass and, and the, the North Shore and South and the Cape and so forth. And rightly or wrongly, I would argue wrongly, but rightly or wrongly, those folks do not want to support a whole lot of money going to, uh, uh, to stuff like the T, which they see as, as helping people other than themselves. I know you're down in Washington.
0: So I'm asking you to give a sort of long-distance opinion here. How do you think Mayor Walsh is handling the snow situation?
1: That first of all, I think that he gets. uh, You know, everyone understands that this was a this has been a historic, really out of the ordinary situation. True. Uh, You know, they're they're willing to give him a lot of uh, leeway on that. I think that that generally the handling of it uh, is uh, met with initial approval. You know, I think that it's been within normal bounds, not anything where they're, where people are really taking it out on the mayor. Uh, I, I wonder to what extent uh, it's going to depend on how this uh, this parade goes for the Patriots. There's a lot of second guessing. If it goes really well, I think you're still going to get people who say, oh, great, you know, why – did we just expend all those resources clearing off Boylston Street instead of my street? You know, yeah. Uh, no, but I think I, if I, it goes I, I, well, it's he gets another couple of days grace period. If it goes badly, then things might start to turn. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a city
0: resident, and I have a hard time separating my own personal circumstances from mm-hmm. those of everyone else, but. You know, there's a couple of ways to look at this. You know, one, as a kid reporter, I helped cover the the 78 blizzard. And one reason the city finally got back to working water was that the whole city was shut down for a week. Mm -hmm. And in retrospect, we haven't had that luxury. I, I think what happens with the parade, there's people in the neighborhood say, well, holy moly. You removed, you know, all these thousands of truckloads of snow from the parade route, just as you said. How about my neighborhood? It's. it's... It was
1: also interesting to hear Charlie Baker not want to take ownership of it. He was asked about uh, the wisdom of going through the parade, and he said something effective. That's the mayor's decision, not mine. You know, he he clearly did not want his, uh, his hands soiled uh, with that decision if, if it goes badly.
0: Yeah, and that's – in a way not unlike his position on the Olympics, which is like great idea, but don't come to me for money
1: <laughs> and, and of course you, you see uh, in the immediate aftermath of what uh, what's happening with this snowstorm and with the, the transportation difficulties people talking about the Olympics you know how are we Really supposed to you know host an Olympics if we can't if we can't even make it through a snowstorm, but you know all these sorts of things are likely to be very temporary moods that will melt away probably in about fifteen days when pitchers and catchers report to spring training. I would say, yeah, the, the Red Sox <laughs> are a great anecdote to what ails Boston politically.
0: You know, David, that seems like by, a- by the way,
1: can I throw a shout out a, a non political shout out here? I, I say this like on Twitter and social media every year, someone it's the Red Sox, NECN, maybe GBH could find a way to do it. Someone should set up a live web stream broadcast. Just set up a camera at the spring training site just while they're taking grounders. You know, just have a, a web stream where people at their desks at work can just leave it on and just see that the Red Sox taking batting practice just to let the poor snow snowbound Bostonians uh, and all over New England just be able to watch and and enjoy it vicariously that's my little plea my non-political plea actually to David the that, that, be.
0: that is a stroke of genius and I think <laughs> we should we should end on that note so let, let me say <laughs> David Bernstein thanks for joining me oh it's been my
1: pleasure uh also remind us what's your Twitter handle oh it's D Bernstein, very simple, at D Bernstein, D B E R N S T E I N.
0: And you can find me on Twitter as well. I'm at capital K A D Z I S, at CADSIS. If you like what you hear from the scrum, please subscribe in iTunes. And leave us a review. You can find links to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and past episodes of The Scrum on our website. That's wgbhnews.org scrum. The Scrum team includes Adam Riley. Our producer is Abby Ruzica. Our engineer this week is Alan Mattis. I'm Peter Kadzis. The Scrum is a production of WGBH News.